Trick or treat, smell my feet, give me something good to listen to. <laughs> Ladies and uh, folks, welcome to a Halloween edition of uh, uh, a podcast that we, uh, we're going to have to come up with a new name pretty soon here, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, uh, anyway, that's true. My, my name is Eric Keppel. My name is Jeremy Schmidt. Hello. My name is Jeremy Schmidt, a Deborah Hill production. <laughs> Yeah, um, I am. Uh, do you remember? Uh, for for some reason, this just entered my mind. Do you remember at the end of like certain TV shows? I think there were like Nickelodeon shows where you know how they have the little like, what do you call that? Like the absolutely, like those oh, things right. where they yeah, have the, the, the little, stinger at the end. That's like the production yeah. company. Yeah, there was one on the '90s Nickelodeon shows that was like Deke. Yeah, was like an egg. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this is our, uh, we're going to be covering the 1978 Halloween film here, uh, in, of course, uh, uh, celebration of the holiday, uh, that, that we've got going on tomorrow, I think, as this is coming out, is the, uh, the spooky day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and cue the music. And Eric, I assume <laughs> right here you're going to put in the drop, right? The Carpenter theme song? Yeah. Okay, good. The whole thing. The yeah. whole thing, yeah. The whole 25-minute loop of it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy, what do you got going on for Halloween? What do you, do you, are, are you a guy who, uh, I think I, I saw an Instagram of you. Uh, yes. uh, 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 Hank uh, killing you it Jackie up. Jackie over there. Yeah, yes. yeah, doing the uh, King of the Hill. The King of the Hill. I was Hank Hill for Halloween and she was Dale and we partied on Saturday night and that's it. The end. <laughs> that's my Halloween. Nice. I'll probably hand out candy on Thursday because I live in a neighborhood now. With kids, oh man so. i wish i i fucking like that's what i pr- would prefer to be doing on a right. halloween at this point i would love to hand out candy mm-hmm. to children uh yeah in a uh very um not creepy or weird way at all right but just in a way of like a sad 30 year old <laughs> who is depressed that he can like no longer enjoy uh trick-or-treating because he's too old. Right. Well, I mean, now it takes on a whole new thing, right? Because, like, I mean, to, uh, Eric, you know, you're, you were supposed to have children by this point, so you would be enjoying right. it as a dad. But since you didn't do that, you failed uh, America's capitalist plan for you. Um, now you have to uh, just be sad and feel left out, which is bullshit. Uh, you should be enjoying it all, all the same in a nice, fun way. I, this will be my first year I've ever uh, handed out candy, and I'm very excited to do so. We have a yard. We, we're very fortunate to have you know found some uh, some good roommates, and now we live in a, a pretty oh decent house in Highland Park. And, yeah, uh, nice. I'm happy to be. I'm happy to do that. We got some good decorations in our yard, uh, like some tombstones that say Manny Bones, <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that. So I'm I'm very excited, and um, I watched this film for the podcast and. Full disclosure, after we're done podcasting, Eric, I'm going to re- watch it again with my girlfriend because she wants to watch it. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. So I get, awesome. I'm double dipping on this. And though I haven't watched it yet, I fully plan on seeing Halloween 3, um, which is Halloween now on streaming 3. on HBO. Yes. I think uh, we were talking about this. 
uh, uh, should we still do? You, do you want to do a Halloween three episode next? I, I know it'll come out after Halloween, but uh, I, I mean, mean, I'm yeah, fully prepared for it if you want. to. I'm absolutely down to watch that. Um, okay, yeah, and and <laughs> and there's not enough time to do all the podcasts we want to do because I know we're about to move on to our next series of shows, which. I don't think we've re- quite announced yet what we're gonna do. I have some ideas about that. I wanted to run by you for sure. Uh, I have, uh, yeah, yeah. So let's let's talk about it. This is like the big. So I put out a, a news. You people, you had one job, okay? <laughs> I put out a poll on Twitter. I said basically, Jeremy and I were like, we want to cover either all of the films of uh, Stanley Kubrick mm-hmm. or uh, all of the David Lynch films. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got 60 votes on Twitter, and it was 50-50. So the good news is uh, a lot more people in favor of David Lynch than I thought. So I think that means that we can get away with doing both. Yeah, were you uh, going to suggest doing both at the same time? <laughs> I wasn't going to suggest doing both at the same time, <laughs> but uh, I'm open to it. Yeah. I, I was I was just going to say, like, it's kind of just a matter of, I guess it's up to us, like, what we do first or how we do it or yeah, if we, uh, did, should we do them at the same time? My, my, my weirdo suggestion, which you could totally throw in the garbage, was that we... <laughs> literally become a david lynch stanley kubrick podcast and we just start from the beginning and go one for one so every other episode (laughs) is a different by a different director uh will people enjoy that i highly doubt it (laughs) um but it would be fun for us and i feel like that would help us i was gonna say not get stale but you know what if we're covering a director and not a franchise i don't think it will get stale no matter what so i'm open to suggestions but i think that would be equally fun you know we do like a racer head and the killing or whatever it is you know then we do fucking blue velvet and paths of glory you know i, I mean i think obviously to well not obviously but i guess maybe david lynch has more stuff out there but maybe not So, yeah, I think that, like, uh, I like the idea of bouncing back and forth between Kubrick and Lynch. I think we're going to, like, I think, I really think with David Lynch, like, you have to do uh, Twin Peaks if you're going to cover Firewalk with me. Um, Yes. But we could also, like, skip that and go back to it later. So, I guess I would say, like, if anyone out there has any uh, preference as to what we do... Uh, or if you want us to do just one or the other, tell us what you want us to do first. Right. Uh, but you can always tweet at us at Chucky Rules 420. Mm-hmm. But I think this is great news, Jeremy. I think it's like uh, pretty badass that people want us to do both of these, to be honest. I think uh, so, too. I, th- it was very encouraging to see that they both won because I thought for sure David Lynch was going to lose again, you know, yes. a mighty loss to the other entry. But it didn't. So... Hooray! Yeah. yeah, it was the the four hundred bucks I spent paying off my Twitter followers uh, <laughs> worked. Yes, four hundred dollars to each Twitter person who voted. Of yeah. course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was thirty. So. <laughs> you do the math. Yeah, you do the math. I um, yeah, I'm very excited to be uh, yeah, to be going through either one of their filmographies. So 
Um, it's going to be a pleasure for me no matter what. But I do sort of like this idea of like <laughs> changing our art to a cartoon of David Lynch and, and Stanley Kubrick <laughs> like hugging each other. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and this then, is all based on the cover art. Yes, it's all based on the cover art. It's like, and then like just being like the weirdest podcast for a very long time because <laughs> it will take us for a long time to get through each one of their uh, body of work. You know, if we can come up with a clever name, I think I'm sold. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's what it boils down to. We'll 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 uh, we'll put our heads together and come up with something. But uh, oh yeah, we're writers for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah, we are writers. Uh, Jeremy, what, uh, so we're talking Halloween. Now, in 1978, uh, I'm not going to say what spot this came in on, but when we did our, uh, Patreon top five horror movies, uh, this, this showed up on my top five, uh, right. which I got to say, uh, I, I am, uh, ashamed that I left off The Shining. I have to mention that every time mm-hmm. we talk about that list, but, uh, 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 it was foolish. The Shining is my favorite movie, my favorite horror movie, but Halloween was on there. Uh, I love the movie. Watched it a bunch when I was a teenager, and I watch it every couple of years. Uh, what's your history with the with the Halloween franchise? Um, this is this is the franchise I would say almost more than any other slasher film franchise of its ilk that I have the least amount of experience with, which is crazy. Cause I think it's respected the highest. Like I think, I think Halloween when I kind of get a, get a pulse from everybody else and how they're, they feel, I feel like at least the original Halloween is like regarded as like a masterpiece. Whereas I don't know if the original child's play or nightmare on Elm street or Friday the 13th are regarded in the same, in the same way. Like Halloween feels like almost like, an important film as a, as opposed to just a fun slasher film, like the rest of those kind of feel like, and I could be wrong about that, but I, I feel like for some reason, I feel like Halloween, everyone respects it uh, a lot. And I just haven't, I hadn't seen it. Like I, I've seen it before and I've seen large chunks of it over and over again, but like, we'll get into it more when we're going through the plot, but I had forgotten whole key details to this movie. Almost like I was watching it for the first time just recently. So I guess my answer is not a lot of experience. And that's, that's kind of why it wasn't on my list before, but you know, obviously it's a damn fine film. And, uh, had I, you know, watched it more as a kid and had more nostalgia for it, I probably would have had it on my list. You had two Halloween films on your top five. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I guess you you had quite a bit more experience with it coming into this episode. I had uh yeah, I was uh I I did like uh, I forget what class it was. I did like a whole like presentation on how good I think the movie Halloween is in <laughs> fuck yeah. Like, <laughs> fucking community college. Uh, fuck yeah, and, dude. <laughs> yeah, so bit of an expert over here, uh-huh. but uh but yeah, no, it's 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 a really good uh, movie, and it kind of like set the groundwork for uh, fucking slasher films, I guess. I mean, it it comes after uh, Texas Chainsaw, which, by the way, a very like a podcast that I really enjoy listening to. One of the uh, co-hosts uh, who is, I think, like a film. 
a critic or something mm-hmm. or a filmmaker of some kind said that Texas Chainsaw is garbage and it like blew my mind that someone who is like uh someone who is like a a, a lover of film right. and like knows about cinema could think that that movie is uh like not good or at least like not like worthy of existence but uh i wonder what it was i wonder if it was like just like a, a grasping for a hot take you know it, it was it I that might have been because i don't know if you think about texas chainsaw massacre even if you don't like the film or you think it fails as a horror film or fails as a slasher film or whatever your take might be you gotta give it the weird pass right like it's a weird movie like not a lot of movies function that way so you know, it's like the same people who also like hate on films like Beach Bum or Spring Breakers, where I'm like, yeah, okay, sure, maybe you didn't like it, but doesn't some part of you experience joy thinking about the making of this film? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like it's such a weird film. Like, how can you hate it? I, I don't know. That that's that's my thing is is uh, hate boring stuff. Like, <laughs> like I think if I think a film's greatest. Um, the greatest sin a film can commit is being boring. That's really it for me. Is just don't be boring. If you can be if you can get out of of the weeds without being boring, I think I'm going to find positivity to say about it. Yeah. Uh yeah, I'm looking at you the godfather. <laughs> <laughs> Have I said that on this? I don't know. Before? You do find The Godfather boring, right? <laughs> I find it boring, and I've never made it through the film. Oh man, um, uh, I don't find that boring. But you know, I going by my rubric. There you go. <laughs> yeah, um, going by my Kubrick. Jeremy, did Very you see? Cool. <laughs> and we're we're. I, I don't know. Maybe we'll do like a full. Uh, people aren't talking about this movie enough, to be honest with you. But did you see the lighthouse yet? Oh, of course not. No, I haven't had time this weekend. Oh, okay. But I, I definitely have got to see it. I'm a big. Uh, what is his name? Roger Eggers. Robert Eggers. Yeah, yeah Eggers. I'm a big fan of his and love the Vivich. You know and. Yeah. Desperately. I just want to. I, I don't know if we'll do like a full episode on it, but I maybe a bonus episode, but. I just want like our fans to know that that movie is worth seeing because mainly I want to like talk to people about it, but also it's like uh, very different and good in my opinion and uh, people should support good movies. But uh, Halloween, Jeremy, is it came out in 78. John Carpenter, uh, the damn guy, he's got his name all over the thing, directed by... Screenplay co-written by, mm-hmm. uh, with Deborah Hill, who produced the film. Uh, the music, uh, which he did the score apparently in, uh, from one source I heard three days and another source I heard five days, but either way, insane. Uh, very short amount of time. Uh, I heard like an anecdote, and that's like one of the, that's one of the like, things that makes this film iconic i think is like this is like an example like a very good example of scoring a movie and like music and cinema um yeah it's funny i heard i heard a uh kind of a snotty critique on on this as well which uh i thought was very funny like 
Because I, I think he was also nominated if he for an Academy Award for this the music in this film. If he, if he didn't actually win, I, I'm I'm not sure if he won or not. But I think he was nominated for an Academy Award. I could be wrong about both those things, but I feel like you know, I mean the score in this film is very highly regarded. Um, at which somebody had written, and I can't remember who it was, but they wrote like this. It being such a smash success tricked Carpenter into thinking he was so prolific at music that he ended up scoring the rest of his films and they were never as good again. <laughs> like he could never quite score a film the same way as Halloween, uh, which I think yeah. is I think is very funny to be like you like it's like you wrote a great pop song once and then you think you're awesome, but really it was just a, a fluke. <laughs> right. Um, although I will say I do like the score to the thing. I think is also very good and atmospheric and and hits hard yeah what uh i think we've talked to like carpenter in in greater detail before but like is there another we we've definitely talked about the thing but yeah. is there another carpenter film you really like i re- I, I mean i love uh they live i think is fucking yeah that's good. Fu- a fucking awesome relic of the 80s uh, and in that same vein, Big Trouble Little China is a. <laughs> I watched that the other day actually because it was on some streaming service, and I was just like, I wonder if this is as good slash not as problematic as I imagine it is. And you know what? Yeah. It's. I don't know. <laughs> after the after <laughs> watching it, I don't know. I I would, but I I had it was a lot of fun. I'll say that. Um, yeah. I I think I I just think the guy's a madman. I just like I I like mostly everything he does. He's also an interesting guy in general, John Carpenter. Like, I yeah. feel like he's pretty on the level. Like, if you were to hang out with him today, you'd be pretty pleasantly surprised at how much of a how much of a cool guy, interesting thinker, and progressive uh, dude John Carpenter is. I think he's... Yeah. I think he's cool. Uh, I don't know. What about you, Eric? What are, what are some of your favorite Carpenter films? I mean, I like I like everything you mentioned. I think uh, Christine is one that I've has been on my list of, like, movies I want to see for him, a long time. The Haunted Car. But I haven't, uh, I haven't watched it yet. I would like to see it. Um, I will say I don't like uh, Assault on Precinct 13 very much mm. uh, at all, really. Um, but I, he definitely has more hits than misses as far as things that I've seen. And I also, I mean, if we're talking Carpenter, I love his song Superstar. Okay, nice. Don't you remember you told me you <laughs> love me, baby? He's in the, the Carpenters, right? God, uh, God damn it. God damn it. Uh, No, I also forgot to mention Escape from New York. Uh, It's funny. He has such a wide body of work that spans different genres. Uh, Sometimes I do forget like, oh, that's a Carpenter film too. But Escape from New York is what a weird, like what a weird guy. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like a weird guy making weird movies. Ghosts of Mars. What the hell was that? The man's a screwball. He's a screwball. Uh, so Halloween, I mean, this, we talked about, we, this podcast started because of a, a, a wild, uh, horror, uh, film franchise, the Chucky films, uh, in case you're just tuning in, you can go back and listen to us talk about all of those, which seems like years ago at this mm-hmm. point, but it was mere months ago. Uh, Halloween, uh, the Halloween movies are good. I gotta say, I like the Halloween movies. Um... I think they're like I, I'll say my my preference is definitely Halloween films over uh, the Friday the Thirteenth, uh, but yeah, I mean 
This movie was also, uh, I'm trying to look up the exact budget, 300 grand. Right. Uh, and basically the idea was it, it was originally called the babysitter murderers or the babysitter murders, something along those lines. A much but, better uh, title. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tara, it's not very good. But uh, basically John Carpenter, like these, whoever, like someone like brought him the script or these two writers like brought him this script uh, to, for like the studio to produce it. And he, uh, Basically, the deal was three hundred grand, and he just had full like creative control, essentially. So this is John Carpenter working with like a very a shoestring budget, as they would say. Yes. Uh, and if if you're not in Hollywood, that means uh, he instead of using cash to purchase things, <laughs> he just traded in shoestrings. Right. Yeah. Uh, Which was yeah. at the time in the seventies was not as low of currency as you might think. It actually right. held a value somewhere around fifty cents to the dollar. So, right. And I'm talking about shoestring French fries. Uh, right. So, <laughs> <laughs> box office grows sixty to seventy million. So uh, that's quite a uh, quite a quite a. Uh, uh, Success, I gotta say, a financial success. You know, I was, I did a podcast yesterday, and this will be, this will come out. Uh, I think this one comes out on Halloween. We'll tweet it out. But I did the, uh, the Bobby Horror Picture Show, and we talked about um, the Blair Witch Project, mm-hmm. and uh, that film. I was fucking blown away. So, what do you think the budget of the Blair Witch Project was, Jeremy? Uh- I think uh, okay, so I might re- actually just remember this from the news at the time, but it, okay. it was it was somewhere between three and five thousand dollars, right? Sixty thousand. Oh shit! Okay, I'm fu- I'm sorry, I undercut you by a, a lot. <laughs> Sixty thousand dollars to make it, and it made two hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> it's bonkers. You could yeah. tell, like after I read that, I was like, oh, that's why there were like dozens and dozens of found footage movies i was also thinking this about t- and we're getting off the rails and i apologize but uh the i was also thinking this too about the joker is <laughs> yeah. uh i think there's gonna be more like joker type movies because it's a way of doing these like getting like the superhero nerds to come see like superhero movies on like a much smaller budget yes yes i totally agree in fact, did you watch the SNL sketch for uh, uh, the Grouch? No. So it's like, it's the guy from Stranger Things, the cop, and he's hosting SNL, and they basically do a fake trailer that's in the style of Joker, but it's for Sesame Street's The Grouch, like an origin story okay. of how he became like the trash can <laughs> uh, puppet. <laughs> and of course, like, there's like a million, all the entire cast is playing like versions of the Sesame Street characters, but all, all like fucked up and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's just like it's a formula now, right? That you can go back to and for a very cheap right. make like, like fucking you know, Catwoman's movie or Penguin's origin, you know, and it's like just make it gritty, make it real, make it connect to mental health in some way, and then pump it out. And it's like, yeah, I guess that's the cynical way of looking at it, but yeah, it's very, it's very funny that like it's almost like well, we have to trick these idiots into watching like good good uh like well-crafted art so i guess we could better just like hide it in the guise of it all takes place in gotham city or whatever (laughs) like yeah 
In yeah. 20 years, we're going to have like Finn Wolfhard playing like the <laughs> dramatic uh, rise of the fucking Tootsie Pop owl. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In like a two hour epic film. I love that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Or we're just going to see like a, a really hard relationship drama that's like very real and very cold, but it's like set in Spider-Man town, like where like <laughs> Spider-Man can show up once, say hello, and then it's just back to the gritty realness of divorce and uh loving something that is walking away from you (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i don't know jeremy do you have any like other uh tids or bits about halloween before we dive into the plot here i mean it for the uninitiated i feel like we should mention that you know this this film franchise spans uh, a handful of movies that uh i believe it was um eight films before it had a remake by Rob Zombie in 2007 and Rob Zombie made a follow-up to that in 2009 and then uh, the 11th installment was made by David Gordon Green in 2018 and it serves as a a direct sequel to the original film and retcons all the previous films Um, that was interesting Uh, yeah did you see that one? I did not see it, but it's on HBO also, and I love David Gordon Green. I'm a huge fan, so I think it's worth. I think it's worth watching. Or do you like um, him, Eric? Do you like David Gordon Green? I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like those. Are like some of my only. Uh, I know that's not like a comedy, but him and like the Danny McBride and Jody Hill are like the only comedy people I really like like anymore that right. are doing. Uh, anything above just like little sketch videos on the internet and stuff. Right. Um, so yeah, I really, I I like David Gordon green, uh, quite a bit, but, um, he's one, he's part of like the Eastbound (laughs) stuff, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, he's like, he's a, he's a super interesting director. We don't need to get on a long tangent about him, but he's a guy who made art house films for the first half of his career. And then do some, for some reason devoted himself to making comedies for like the second half of his career. Like he has like three entries, I think into the criterion collection that are all pre, uh, the foot fi- the foot fist way, <laughs> which is like Jody oh, Hill's okay. like breakout. Like here's Danny McBride, here's Jody Hill. And then they, there's, and then for some reason there's like a, they like do like this comedy collective after that, where it's like, he ends up doing Eastbound and Down and then like directing like, tr- uh, uh, not Tropic Thunder, but uh, Pineapple Express. And he's like in, right. in the Seth, uh, Rogan camp. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's very strange. It, it, he's like, he's, he, his trajectory does not make a ton of sense on the outset, but like he's, his work is always like quality, even if it's a bad film, like the babysitter, it's always like quality made. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, Halloween, uh, in 1963, uh, on Halloween night in Haddonfield, Illinois, a uh, fictitious town, uh, six-year-old Michael Myers inexplicably uh, stabs his older sister Judith to death with a kitchen knife in their home uh, and is incarcerated at Smith's Grove Sanitarium. So, this is a pretty, like, iconic uh, POV. Right kind of introductory shot which i i think it's two shots in this like whole beginning part which is pretty impressive that's cool i wonder where the cut was yeah 
I don't know exactly. But, but uh, um, this is very Seed of yeah. Chucky. Am I right? Remember? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is like directly uh, uh, referenced, or not referenced, but they do this this like nod to Halloween, this intro mm-hmm. in Seed of Chucky, which is very fun. But, um, but yeah, this is... Uh, 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 like it's been said many times it's like a pretty like iconic uh very cool thing uh so they like the little hand uh i was reading that you see that's like a kid hand mm-hmm. is actually like the hand of uh of a, a a woman who like on the crew because uh they didn't have that kid during the day de- they only had that kid for like a limited shoot or so right. like at the end of the shoot or something well i heard the story was that they actually had the kid the rest of the kid's body for that sh- part of the shoot but they just didn't have access to his hands until the next day <laughs> so it's yeah. like once they yeah. got his hands which i believe were were hand delivered they were like hand delivered from the kid's trailer the next day yes. um they were able to do the hand shot but yeah it, it took like a minute because yeah he came as- unassembled, so. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know what? You're you're absolutely right. I'm looking at uh, uh, IMDb, and uh, that's exactly what mm-hmm. it says, mm-hmm. word for word, mm-hmm. uh, in the trivia. So, 15 years later, uh, Michael Myers' psychiatrist, Dr. Samuel Loomis, and his colleague Marion <laughs> Chambers uh, arrive at the sanitarium to escort Michael to court. Uh, and they see, uh, the, the people at the, uh, at the psych ward kind of wandering about the, uh, the field out there, wandering into the road and stuff. It's raining pretty bad, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, how do you, how do you like this? How do you like, uh, the intro to, I got, so Loomis is like so funny to me cause I like love his character so much and he's an example of a movie character where, uh, and I'm trying to think of another character similar to this, but every time they come up, come on screen, they like really like try to enforce how important what's going on uh, oh, is. Oh, right. Yeah. They're, they're exposition, uh, dumps basically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love, no, I liked, I love Dr. Loomis. Obviously he's like iconic, I, an iconic character. He's very, he's, he's great. Um, but yeah, I did, I did find that like very funny slash exhausting i'm just like okay we thank you thank you dr loomis thank you we get we get we understand (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. i do also like have an idea for a comedy sketch that anyone can make where it's like dr loomis gets like sued by the by the myers family for like breaching michael's like confidentiality right because he's like going around he's like his psychiatrist and he's going around saying like this man is insane he's like killed people and he's got like he, they're like he's like telling them everything that's wrong with him right uh <laughs> i don't know thought that would be kind of funny that but uh michael escapes by uh stealing their car returns to haddonfield uh killing a mechanic for his overalls uh which i believe he continues to sport throughout the franchise yes and never washing of course of course not uh as well as now did do overalls have the? Uh, I couldn't tell. The, does it have like the butt flap? Do overalls have that. <laughs> I don't think. Oh no, <laughs> I don't think overalls. Like... Do. I think you're talking. I think you're thinking of old timey pajamas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, Eric, hey, pause real quick. I gotta like let my dog out of this room real quick. 
the bitch is back. You know, let this dog out of the room is like the weirdest wording I've heard for I have to take a shit. <laughs> the dog is my shit and the room is my butt. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, so Michael Myers escapes by stealing their car, returns to Haddonfield, uh, kills the mechanic, steals the overalls, uh, as well as stealing a, a white mask and knives from a local hardware store. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, we're just getting, a, we're just getting all Michael Myers out right now. Uh, I, I love, uh, I love that Michael Myers can like drive a car. Yes. Uh, we see him driving like a little later too. It's like very fun. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't think uh, Freddie, maybe Freddie drives at some point, but definitely not Jason. Jason's like way too much of a buffoon to be able to drive a vehicle. I feel like Jason uh, can someone... teleport. Also, is like one of his powers. <laughs> oh sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess you wouldn't need to drive then. Also, someone is gonna like tweet at us like minutes after this episode drops yeah with like a, a still of jason driving a car in a oh i'm sure movies. yeah and freddie sounds like i don't know if he drive a car but he would definitely drive a motorcycle <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 he's cool yeah so uh on halloween when uh high school student laurie strode drops off a key at his former home so her father can sell it michael stalks her Throughout the day, uh, which she notices, but her friends Annie Brackett and Linda Vanderklok uh, <laughs> dismiss her concerns. It's it's very this funny like, the way it's this is worded, you know, because it's like yeah, I love how it, it almost it makes it seem so lofty. Like Michael stalks her throughout the day, which she notices. <laughs> yes, yeah, this of course, would yeah, be you mean like, terrifyingly is like uh, fully aware that she's being stalked by a maniac. Yeah, uh, yeah. for sure. This is like a C minus like grammar class mm-hmm. uh, assignment. Yes, <laughs> like, for sure. Not, it's very not put together well, but we do see a lot of like good, uh, uh, like the the fucking moments, and they. I love how these kind of like start to trickle in right away. Is like the moments where you see. Uh, like Michael Myers standing out by the like laundry hanging mm-hmm. uh, out the window, and Michael Myers like behind the bush, you know, behind is the, the, is the, the hedge. Yeah. yeah, behind the yeah, hedge yeah. is like absolutely the scariest to me because you can barely see him. Like he's far enough away, and they do a good enough job with the cinematography to where it's like it's like so weird to see like a fully a huge man just standing there with that like white mask, and then he just walks away. <laughs> It's like yeah. super fucking <laughs> yeah. freaky, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Jen, and it, it goes, you know, we should mention too that Jamie Lee Curtis is like, like a fucking like she's like gorgeous in this film. She's like super. This is like this is like the first Jamie Lee Cor- Curtis thing, right? Hmm. Like her first, I don't know. her first big. Uh, I mean, because I, you know, I, I'm guessing from the budget of this film, this wasn't supposed to be a big film, right? Like it, it was like right. No one probably expected it to be that huge, and I'm sure Jamie Lee Curtis was. Yes, this looks like her first film. She had done like some TV shit uh, beforehand, before this. Yeah, but she's but, like uh, fucking yeah. amazing in this movie. She's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, and we we didn't even talk about the cast, but yeah, Donald Pleasance as Loomis, Nancy uh, Kai's as Annie, uh, Donald Pleasance, R.I.P. R.I.P. Yes. 
Um, yeah, that's about everyone worth mentioning, I think. Uh, so... Loomis arrives in Haddonfield in search of Michael uh, and finds Judith's tombstone missing from the local cemetery. Never a good sign. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he meets with Annie's father, uh, Sheriff Lee Brackett, and they both investigate Michael's house where Loomis uh, convinces Brackett of the danger Michael poses. Uh, Brackett patrols the streets while Loomis waits at the house expecting Michael to return. So this is like Loomis does this kind of shit in all of these movies that he's in. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's interesting to me, like, and it's kind of always at the same level of like intensity or right. Where he's like, we have to like stop this like monster that's on the loose. But at this point he is a, all we know of Michael Myers is he's like, now a grown version of like a kid who killed inexplicably like killed his right. sister, and we don't know anything. Of, we don't know any reasoning behind it or why. One right. thing, one reason I really like Loomis though is that he delivers a lot of the dialogue that makes you, you the audience, feel like we don't know what this guy's capable of, but we do know that Loomis mm. sure thinks that that he's fucked, like. This guy is fucked up. And I kind of love <laughs> that Michael Myers isn't a sympathetic character. Like, right. like that Michael Myers is just straight up evil. Like he is unabashed evil. And that to me, even though that that's, that's so unrealistic, it's so much easier in a narrative. Like I love a fucking just malevolent presence over, I guess maybe a more complicated situation where uh you know does that make sense where it's like it's like easier to follow because you're like fuck this guy will just wreck your shit no matter what like he is coming for you and he's coming hard and he's not there's no there's no talking your way out of it like this guy is just evil incarnate and he's gonna destroy you and loomis is being like shouting to the world shouting from the rooftops this is what's gonna happen and people are kind of not super quick to jump on the loomis train right Mm mm-hmm Yes. Uh, uh, are we going to get a fucking uh, Michael Myers Joker movie t- type movie, by the way? Oh, uh, I hope so. Yeah, where we get just like this, the backstory behind Michael Myers and we learn to like sympathize. We learn to love him by the end. <laughs> I would love to see him dancing to uh, that pedophile song. Gary Glitter, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, have you, are you seeing like people have been like going to that <laughs> those stairs in uh, where it, it's in some it's in like a like a part of like a sketchier part of town in New York, mm. I think. And right. uh, people were like tweeting like uh, like the story. <laughs> people were like retweeting the story about like how uh, Joker fans are going there and taking pictures. And people are like, bring cash and iPads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I also love anyone who's been recutting that scene to different music. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Joker. I think I saw one where it's uh, Joker's laugh. No, it's it's uh, they replace the Joker laugh with like Seth Rogen's laugh, <laughs> which is really funny. That's good. That's great. Uh, so later that night, uh, Lori babysits Tommy Doyle, uh, while Annie 
babysits Lindsay Wallace just across the street, unaware that Michael has followed them. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you? This is like uh, you're from you're from Texas, so I was curious. Like part of the thing, one of the things that I love about this movie is it's like. Uh, I, and one of the things I love about just like Halloween and this time of year is like the, the, the autumn, the foliage, the weather. Mm-hmm. What is Texas like, uh, during autumn? Uh, I mean, Texas has seasons for sure. It's not always just super hot. I would say that like the autumn and winter, you know, it's, it snows sometimes in, in winter and, uh, Definitely the leaves are changing. Um, and I think by this time, by late October, it's usually cooling down to a nice, like, California weather style. So it's about, you know, 75, you know, 70 to 75 uh, degrees. And then cooler uh, okay. at night, like, so in the 60s at night. Uh, it's, it's it's actually a very pleasant time of year. Uh, what about where you grew up? Is it just fucking cold? It gets it gets chilly, but like the fucking leaves are insane. Like yeah. it's it's crazy. Like right here in Chicago right now, it's like it's been like raining all weekend, and there's just like leaves everywhere. It's a mess, but it, it like looks so cool. Yeah, no, for uh, sure. And I'm a huge I, fan yeah. of it. I'm a huge fan of this time of year in in film and in real life. And uh, you know, living in LA, you don't get the best example of no. seasons, but. Um, in fact, you don't get seasons at all, some would say. Yeah. But I think that, like, this is... It's definitely cool. And I was also going to mention, like, in general, the suburbs is, like, a really cool setting yeah. for this and other slasher films. Also see Scream, you know, also see Nightmare on Elm Street. But it's, mm-hmm. like... I don't know. The suburbs, like, really work for me. Like, I grew up in the suburbs, and, you know, it's it's also, like, the best place to celebrate Halloween and to celebrate, um, you know, like you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, those kinds of holidays, because the whole town like has nothing else better to do, but then like, but like decorate and, you know, throw up little pageants and school functions. And the whole town seems to be out. Like if you, if you grew up in the city, Halloween's like not quite as safe and cool. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Uh, rural, uh, suburban towns, that have seasons. I'm all about them when I, when it comes to Halloween <laughs> for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I will say that like this does, they do like a pretty good job of making it look like, uh, uh, Illinois, but mm-hmm. it does also very much just look like Pasadena. <laughs> <laughs> Is that where they shot it? <laughs> yeah. I think they shot it in Pasadena. That's great. Uh, Cause I yeah I tried when I lived out there I tried like going to the, to the house, mm. um, but I never made it out there. Uh, mainly because I didn't want to like drive to Pasadena to like look at a house. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, uh, when Annie's uh, boyfriend Paul calls her to come uh, pick pick him up, she takes Lindsay over to the Doyle house to spend the night with uh, Lori and Tommy. Uh, before Annie can leave in her car, Michael slits her throat. Uh, so I'm fuzzy on the chain of events here. So like, we're pretty far past when, uh, 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 I forget which one. Is it Annie or Linda that like has to like go do laundry in the like other, in like the garage or something. There's like another like little like, 
part of the house that she has to like go outside to like clean her clothes. Right. Yes, I, I believe so. Yes, that is that is before this, before the the, okay. the throat slitting. I, I I believe. Yes. Um, unless it's, okay. unless it's Linda who's doing it in the next scene. Uh oh, it might be Linda, but uh. So soon after Linda and her boyfriend Bob Sims arrive at the Wallace house. I love that Bob and, gets a last uh, name. So does Tommy. Tommy Doyle, yeah. Bob Sims. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bobby Sims. <laughs> fucking nobody would ever do this. Mm-hmm. Uh gets out of the car. Uh I'm pretty sure they're like drinking beers like <laughs> they like already have beers open. Yes. Uh, while they when they arrive. Which, by the way, I saw, like, for the first time, I think, ever, like, a guy park. The last time I was in Wisconsin, I saw I was at, like, b- outside a bar, and I saw a guy, like, park and, like, get out of his truck just, like, drinking an open beer. Hell yeah. Uh, which, like, blew my mind. Yeah. Uh, and by hell yeah, I mean, I absolutely don't, do not even fuck with drinking and driving. Like, fuck that. Yeah. That is absolutely irresponsible. I don't I condone know. that. Uh, when I say hell yeah, it's with the most sarcasm ever dripping from my voice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but so, but no, but he like opens the passenger seat and like carries Linda and a six pack of beer uh, <laughs> like into the house, leaving the door of his car just like <laughs> wide open. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I was very concerned about like the the door you got to shut the door my man yeah uh, if a person doesn't get in there a skunk will so they get into like their friend's house and uh realize that, that she's like not there and they just like immediately they're jump to let's go like fuck in their like parents bed yes. <laughs> bedroom yeah uh which is pretty wild and like the phone's ringing and uh he like can't uh bob bob's like bob like can't like keep going because he's annoyed by the phone which i thought was funny yeah phones are the international sound for boner killer so (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. uh so after uh after they pork after they freaking pork yes uh, bob goes downstairs to get a beer for linda very Uh, sweet very nice very nice. Uh, Michael stabs him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael then poses as Bob in a ghost costume <laughs> and confronts Linda. I love this. I love that he's got the glasses on. Yeah. Uh, who, who teases him to no? Yes, she teases him to no effect. Uh, annoyed, Linda calls Lori, but Michael strangles her with the telephone cord just as Lori picks up. Classic move. Mm. Classic move that's now been done to death in so many other slasher films. Um, yes. The I'm calling you. In, in in fact, Scream is a great example of yeah. killing the person while they're on the phone with the other, with their friend or their family. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so meanwhile, Loomis discovers the stolen car and begins searching the streets. Um... Suspicious, uh, Lori goes over to the Wallace house and finds the bodies of Annie, Bob, and uh, Linda, as well as Judith's headstone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she, there's, there it is. Uh, yeah. How did that get there? Uh, she cowers in a hallway where a Michael appears and attacks her. Uh, barely escaping, Lori flees back up to the Doyle house with Michael, uh, which Michael enters, but she manages to fend him off. Long enough for Tommy and Lindsay to escape. 
this is really good too. Like I remember they they're like when the kids you see the kids running out and just screaming in the middle of the night mm-hmm. in this like suburban neighborhood. Yeah. Uh for some reason like the sound of it to me is like very like fuck. This like like it like feels like real kind of. And yeah. then we're getting the 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 like thumping like low piano note that's like dun 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 right dun uh very good shit oh that's uh, great Luma sees uh the two kids fleeing the house and goes to investigate finding uh Michael choking Lori upstairs so before this Lou uh Lori uh another like trope that I was most definitely done before Halloween did this but probably not done to death but when uh Lori is like in the closet and it's got yeah. like it's like the shingled like with the little slits in the door yes. and you can like see through it mm-hmm. uh and that's crazy and the knife comes this, through <laughs> yes and then it turns on uh, the closet yeah. <laughs> light yep. yeah that is uh fucked are you sure that's been that, are you sure that was done before halloween because that that felt to me like a very I wonder if this was the first time that was done. Like, I remember thinking that when I was watching this, I was like, I, I, I wonder if this is the begin, the genesis of that shot. I guess what well, we don't, be. yeah, it I guess we'd be. have to look that up, but I, I don't know. Um, you know, just for uh, accuracy, I think we should do an episode of every single film before this. Yes. Yes. <laughs> correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, so also, like when she, uh, so su- uh, one of the most suspenseful moments for me is when she finally like knocks Michael out mm-hmm. and she has to like get out of the closet and she slowly like walks, o- steps over him. And I'm like, fuck, he's going to like grab your ankle or something. Mm-hmm. Like I've always been like really freaked out at that part. It's very, but one good. of my favorite moments is when she's finally like, catching her breath and she's like not looking at Michael and she's kind of like lingering outside of the room almost. And we see Michael get up, yes. but he just like hinges up from his hips. Like, and just, just like his, like his body is like a door hinge. Like his <laughs> yeah. hips yeah. are like a door hinge uh-huh. and he just like uses his core strength to like just plop up. Yeah. Uh, it's very funny. It's fucking awesome. Uh, uh, and yeah. L- Laurie, uh, wow, how brave to stop looking at the person who was just trying to kill you a minute ago. Yeah. How brave. <laughs> uh, yeah, not a good idea. But uh, Loomis uh, shows up. He shoots Michael six times, knocking him off the balcony. Um, I mean, we can't forget about the famous line, uh, which I don't remember the exact wording but i believe the line is she, uh his eyes what have you done to his eyes <laughs> <laughs> uh so it's it's uh she says she asks uh loomis if the, she's like is that the boogeyman and he says as a matter of fact it is or something along mm-hmm, those lines yeah. uh loomis uh yeah so he shoots him uh knocking him off the balcony and when loomis goes to check uh, the ground he finds Michael's body is missing. Unsurprised, Loomis stares off into the night while Lori begins sobbing in terror. Terror! And that's it. And then cut to credits. Yeah. Um, yes, I forgot. There are credits in this movie, too. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah. What do you what do you think of uh, the the movie Halloween, Jeremy? I mean, I think it's I think it's like a, a near perfect film. I think it's it, I think it's great. I think it pioneered so much of what we would come to love about. I I'm, I'm pretty sure it pioneered this whole genre of film, which is the slasher film, right? Like it's it's one of the notable firsts and spawned a whole sort of like uh, 80s, what I would call the 80s craze of slasher films where there was like so many that came after this. It's very unique to this day to watch it. It's still very effective in the same way that Texas Chainsaw is still pretty effective where like, of course not everything is super terrifying anymore. And of course you've seen and kind of through osmosis know what it's going to happen. Um, but it still has moments of just sheer fright and sheer terror. And the concept alone, I think is so, is so wonderful. I think that the mask Michael Myers wears is like my favorite of that kind of thing. Like I like it better than Jason's hockey mask. I like it better than, you know, the Freddy makeup or whatever. I think, I think it's just, it's very simple. And that, and that to me is scarier, you know, less is more, in the Michael Myers case. I love that he's so big. Being so big and so fucking... And obviously, Rob Zombie really played into this, right? Like, he would make Michael Myers a tank. Like, just a fucking unstoppable, just beefy, broody beef man. Yeah. And I think that that's like, that is also so scary because you're picturing, like, I don't know. I think there's this con- probably misconception, but conception nonetheless of like the bigger you are, the dumber you are. And there's something, some, something so frightening and visceral about a, a giant dumb thing coming after you. Um, you know, you, you wonder about his motives and like what he wants. And there's, it seems to be very connected with sex. And I wonder if that's, you know, ever super explored outside of like college classes. Like if they're, if they, you know, if we ever get into any more of Michael Myers, not backstory in like uh, the sequels, but like just like why he wants to do any of this, why he's trying to kill babysitters, why he killed his sister. Like, I, you know, it has to do with sex, right? I mean, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. So what's he got against it? Will we ever find out? Me no, no. But uh, nonetheless, I think Halloween is a, again, near perfect film. And I was really happy to revisit it. And I could not believe how much I've forgotten about the film. Eric, in my memory of the film, his sister is Laurie. <laughs> like, or Laurie, sorry. Yeah. Like, I thought Laurie's yeah. brother was Michael Myers. I t- fucking totally, like, forgot the, the premise. <laughs> I see that, though. Yeah. Like, I thought, yeah. like, it was, like, her brother from the past. And I was waiting for that, like, that reveal to get made all along. That, like, she, it was, like, Judith was her sister, too, or something. But it never happened. I was like, oh, fuck. It's not. They're not related at all. <laughs> so, yeah. What about you, Eric? What, yeah. what, how did you feel upon your millionth view of Halloween? I mean, I liked it as good as good as ever. It's uh, it's it's fucking great. It's it's like a good, a very good movie uh, that uh, is just good. And I don't know, like, what else there is to really say about it. It's like, a, it's just like a... It's, it's, uh, I think it holds up still too. I think it's like, uh, like you said, you were kind of watching it almost for the first time. Has Jackie seen it before, by the way? She has for sure. It's one of her favorites. Oh, okay. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would be interested to like hear from other people who have maybe never seen the film before. Uh, right. 
Uh, if this was your first watch of the movie, please tweet at us at ChuckyRules420. But uh, yeah, no, I love uh, I love this movie, and I, I I just think it's so good in like many ways. Uh, and yeah, I'm glad that we revisited it. Halloween kicks ass. I'm uh, already like depressed that it's going to be over soon. Uh, I know, me too. Have, <laughs> we have the turkey day. We have the uh, the right. the fat man in the in the in the red suit day, and yeah. uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll live to see another year. Who knows? Who knows? But, um, Who knows? By that time, the the Earth will be surely submerged in water from our polarized caps melting completely away. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Uh, we're surfing in fucking Russia. <laughs> the more I think about the idea of doing both Lynch and Kubrick on the same <laughs> podcast, the more I like it. Uh, I think I think we should do that. Stay tuned, folks, to the Kubrick Stay Lynch uh, uh, podcastathon, where me and Eric will be going through each one of the films one by one in some kind of order. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It will be funny to like, uh, or, or not funny, but it will be like interesting. Cause we haven't done that where we're just like comparing two different people. You know what I yeah. mean? Like two different like bodies of work. I do actually think it'll be like very good and interesting. I think that they're in the, and it's so funny cause like they're, they couldn't be more different. I think as people and as directors, but they are similar in the, in one way in that they always get their way if that makes sense. Like they both are like have singular visions that they fight very hard to maintain. And I think that that's like right. an interesting thing to discuss, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the first like month or two of that podcast is going to be crazy, by the way, right. we're just doing like eraser head and like early Kubrick. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I think we'll plan on doing that uh, and we will keep everyone posted. Uh, we will do, we'll do Halloween three, uh, cause Jeremy hasn't seen it yet. Uh, I know some of the heads out there listening, want us to cover it. Uh, hell yeah. And, uh, in all honesty, I just watched it. Just watched <laughs> the damn movie. That's great. I just watched happy death day it. and happy death day to you. <laughs> what which is the, what, how's the second one? I was gonna, you, did you like the first one? Because I, I find, uh, I find that universe very fun. <laughs> I thought it was pretty fine. I, I mean, I I definitely didn't have a problem with it. I, I thought it was kind of fun. It is de- it is not it does not belong on any kind of list of any kind. Uh, it just to me it was like wow, like it was such a fun disposable experience. Uh, surprisingly shot very well. Um, the film like looked really really huh. good. I thought like both Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day Two, but they're both on HBO right now, and we just on a whim just started watching them. And it was like, I don't know, it was perfect. It is Groundhog's Day meets a slasher film and in the most fun, stupid way you could ever make that movie. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it is like, it's like amazing that that like did not exist yet. Right. Like before 2017. Yes. So obvious that movie should have been made years ago. For real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Anyway. All right. Uh Stay tuned for all of that shit. Uh, Jeremy, I just have one thing to say before we uh, before we sign off. And that is, of course, a quote from the film that we just watched, Halloween. Uh, you fooled them, haven't you, Michael? 
but not me. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>